when we had high hopes for the boomers, all of a sudden, I'm not sure that we're going to progress as deep as we thought. We've got a bit of work to do. Beaten by Germany after a very slow start yesterday in Japan. Paddy Mills tried to inspire his team but couldn't quite get them over the line. Dennis Schroeder was outstanding for Germany. Let's bring in Ben Mallis, uh, host of the part of the Pick and Roll AU and uh, also a big part of us here on Sports Breakfast on 91.3 Sport FM. Morning, Ben. Good morning, Jacob. How are you? be better if we had a win yesterday afternoon. Uh, Brian Gorgian wasn't happy. What, what did you make of some of his tactical decisions with, with players during this game? They lost the match uh, in the end, narrowly. Uh, but what do you make of, of Brian Gorgian's coaching performance and the performance of the team? Yeah, look, there are a couple of rotation decisions that I would be changing if I was Gorgian. But yesterday's result doesn't sit with the coaching staff in my eyes. It sits with the players and the best players we have. You look at the start of the first quarter where we give up a 10-point lead and then the start of the fourth quarter where we give up a 10-0 run. That There is a difference in the game. And in terms of those starting units, we've got Josh Giddy on the court. We've got Paddy Mills on the court, who I know Paddy had a great first quarter, but he faded deep down the end of the game. So there are some tweaks that I suggest Gordon starts making. I like the idea of getting more minutes for Xavier Cooks playing the five, for example, and less dependence on Joop Reith. But yesterday, it was an execution thing. The players didn't play to their optimum. We saw mistake after mistake after mistake. And to be frank, Germany made all the big players yesterday, and they deserve to win that game. Ben, did we see a little bit of a sign of this in the game against Finland in that first half? I mean, you know, I, I watched that as well, and I just thought, oh, gee whiz, you know, a really slow start. We saw it yesterday. I mean, is that a concern? Like, yes and no. Like, you look at even Team USA going up against New Zealand a couple of nights ago. Team USA, who has the most talent in the world, was down 10 points early, early in the first quarter. So the fact that we're starting slow, for me, that's not a massive concern that happens at these tournaments. The basketball cliche about these being a game of runs definitely comes into play. The bigger concern that did show up a little bit in Finland and showed up again yesterday is our, our defensive attention through 40 minutes. Because when this team really cranks it up, their defensive acumen is their elite skill. It is the best part of our team and how we can expect to win medals. But we've just seen it now through the practice games in Melbourne for that first quarter in Finland and the first and fourth quarter yesterday, the, the defensive intensity just lags for three, four-minute spurts. And at this level, you can't get away with it because, as I said, um, yesterday Germany scored 20 of their points to either start the first quarter or start the fourth quarter in very short blocks. And that's just not defensively what the boomers need to be doing. So, yeah, it's less about the slow starts for me, Wayne, and what is actually leading to that that is causing the issues. Well, now it doesn't leave Australia with much wriggle room. Ben, they have to beat Japan, uh, the host nation, in their final group game to progress in the tournament. Is there another way out of the group stage for Australia, or they simply just have to win this next game? No, to get out of the group, they need to win. And taking a 10,000-foot macro view of the tournament now, it's win or go home from here on out. Mm. Now, they need to beat Japan tomorrow to get through this first group stage, which, again, they're going to do. They're going to win by 20 points tomorrow. I don't have much concern about them getting past Japan. But it's what comes next, which is more problematic now, because they're going to have to win both of their games in the second group stage to advance. And it looks like we're going to be going up against Slovenia and Luka Doncic, who we beat for bronze two years ago at the Olympics. So basically from here on out, the Boomers have to keep winning and 
to put that in a number to win a gold medal now, they're going to have to win six straight elimination games, which is a very hard feat to pull off in these tournaments. We're missing Jock Landale. I mean, we, we uh, learnt last week he wasn't going to be at this tournament due to an ankle injury picked up just before Australia left for Japan. Are we missing a player of his influence? Yeah, correct. They're missing Landale. And even looking back over the past decade, they're missing an Aaron Baines, an Andrew Bogert, a Jock Landale, just an NBA-calibre big man, which is what Landale is now. And not to pick on Jock Reef because he is a very good player, but... We're finding out there's levels to this, and if we're going up against Team USA or Slovenia or, or Spain or Canada later in the tournament, let alone what Germany brought to the table yesterday, we're going to need more big man help than we've got at the moment. So that's a challenge that Gorgian is working with, and that's why I suspect the best look for this team is going small in future games with Xavier Cooks playing the five, or even someone like Nick Kay getting more minutes as a centre because our bigger players just don't have the skill and the acumen to go up against the NBA-caliber big men. And it means there's more pressure now on the coaching staff to find unique lineups that can cover up that disadvantage. The opposition, Germany, uh, are they much of a chance? I mean, they've got a couple of NBA. That Dennis Schroeder played very well, and I believe that Franz Wagner was injured. That was a big loss to them. I mean, are they a threat? Yeah, they are a threat now to get not only into the quarterfinals, but to potentially push for a spot in one of the middle games. They've got Dennis Schroeder, who the best way to put it is he is their version of Paddy Mills, someone that is a, a good NBA player, but when he starts playing for his nation, he turns into Batman, puts the cape on, and averages 30 points a game in these big tournaments. So they've got Schroeder anchoring things inside. They've got the Wagner brothers, and you mentioned it there, Wayne, that Franz, who missed the game yesterday, is the better of the brothers and is a very promising NBA prospect. So the big, the big thing about the win for yesterday from Germany was that it puts them in great position to get into the quarterfinals, which is where Australia wanted to be. And once they get there, then it's definitely possible that they could be winning a medal over the next two weeks. Ben Malice is with us in the Pick and Roll AU. We are chatting the FIBA Basketball World Cup and uh, some of the, the games, and particularly Australia and their loss to Germany yesterday. One after a, a good start a couple of days earlier. Yeah, Ben, we saw the US and they started very slowly. I mean, from what you saw of them, are they the, the dominant team again? Because we normally see it in these sort of championships, or is it a different side that we're looking at? Uh, it's a good question, Wayne. I think the answer is probably yes to both of those questions. <clears throat> In the sense that this isn't the the dream team, this isn't the Redeem team, this isn't the best NBA players playing for Team USA. But that said, this Team USA team is still the most talented outfit in the tournament by any metric you look at, whether that's talent or annual salary or accolades in the NBA. This team is the most talented in the tournament and they are still the favourites to win the tournament. Now that said, their margin for error is lower than it has been in years past. Because you look at someone like Canada, for example, who has absolutely dominated their first two games and has uh, an NBA all-star superstar leading their team and a deep squad of NBA players as well. So the Americans are still the favourite. I don't read too much into that slow start against New Zealand. That is more them uh, taking the mickey than is anything else. And they should still be favourited to win the tournament. But the world is getting closer and it wouldn't be a shock to see someone like Canada beat them in the final. But someone's going to have to knock off Team USA to win this tournament still. Ben, what on earth's happening with France? They've lost both of their games so far. Yeah, that was quite a shock, wasn't it? The game yesterday, or last night rather, that is a classic FIBA game in terms of there's two European teams. It was a close game. Uh, Latvia made the big players down the end of the game. So that's 
somewhat shocking but not alarming. But what Canada did to France two nights ago was it blew me away. I did not expect, well, I thought France was going to win that game first and foremost, so I was wrong. But I did not expect either team to blow each other out. And to see Canada blow France out was a remarkable result. And like you mentioned, Jacob, France is out of the tournament now. Luckily for them, they're already qualified for the Olympics next year. So they've got that to look forward to. But it's been a catastrophic tournament for them. And remembering that France finished second the last World Cup and second at the last Olympics. And now they're bundled out in the group stage, which is a massive shock. Isn't, uh, isn't France all of a sudden going to become the, the sporting capital of the world? They're hosting a Rugby World Cup. Uh, they've got the Olympics next year. And, of course, they've always got the French Open. So if you want to see some sport in the next 12 months, France is the place to be. Unfortunately, though, their basketball team's not going to feature deep into this tournament away from their home country. No, well, again, they're having a bit of a gap moment at the moment. I would um, caution anyone looking to this France basketball team and forecasting doom on them because they still are going to go into the Olympics next year as one of the favourites. They've got Victor Wimbayama, who we all know about, that will be playing for that team. And even Joel Embiid, who plays for the 76ers, has French citizenship and might be playing for their Olympic team next year. So this has been a very bad performance for them. But when we look up and get to the Olympics in 12 months' time, France are probably going to be the second most talented team in that tournament and strike me as someone that will be competing for gold again once the Olympics rolls around. Um, does Japan um, have any... Do we have any problem with them? Should we beat them? We, are, we should beat them by 20 points, Wayne. Again, right. if we're losing to Japan, there are bigger issues than us um, not getting into the middle rounds. There's something broken within that team. So I don't suspect that's going to be an issue tomorrow night. Yes, there's some pressure on the team now to show up and show out, but they've established over the past decade the boomers that is that they can perform under pressure. So Japan, I dare say, will come out very energetic early. They'll have the benefit of a home crowd, but with the talent we have, we should be pulling away in the second half and there should be a comfortable win tomorrow night. Now, speaking of talent, Ben, before we let you go, and I know you're on the East Coast at the moment, but the uh, the Perth Wildcats played a couple of trial games at the weekend. We've got our first look at seven-foot Frenchman Alexander, uh, Alexander Saar, and it looked like he had a little bit of impact in some of the clips I saw. A lot to like about an athletic seven-footer. Yeah, exactly. I have to admit, I didn't see much of the games over the weekend apart from the social media highlights, but I know from speaking to people in the US about Saar and just seeing what he's done over the past... 12 months that there's a lot of prognostications as to how impressive a career he can have over the next 15 years. So, again, it's exciting for NBL fans and Wildcats fans to see him out there on the weekend. And, again, I would just caution that someone that hired it is going to take them a little bit of time to get used to life in the NBL. But the Wildcats definitely have a talented big man there, and especially as the season gets into the second half, I suspect he's going to be one of the Wildcats' best players and a key reason why they're pushing up the ladder if they do so. Ben, uh, we always appreciate your time and your insights. Hopefully when we chat to you next, we're talking about an Australian run deep into a, a FIBA Basketball World Cup. Thanks for your time this morning. 